All right, on this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, very excited to be talking to an individual ahead of Valor BK2. It's a card that is shaping up and looking very exciting. <clears throat> Topped with a heavyweight title fight between Mark Godbeer and LeVar Johnson. It goes down at the University of North Florida on October the 27th. And very excited to be talking to Valor BK promotional figurehead Ken Shamrock. How's your day going so far there, Ken? I'm doing well. And um, it's not uh, Mark Godbeard. Mark Godbeard had, uh, had to back out, I guess, an herniated disc. And he's basically calling it quits in uh, mixed martial words. So we definitely applaud him for what he's been able to do with uh, someone else. We've got Mr. Worf in there, who is another heavyweight um, that's going to match up with LeVar uh, Big Johnson. Um, that one there is going to be a little bit different because we had two big bangers. Now we've got one big banger in LeVar and one guy that's very slick and very clever in his fight. Yeah, I was going to say, sounds like a very intriguing fight and adapted well with, you know, the circumstance there and everything like that. And it seems like the card is just, you know, really shaping up seemingly by the day, just getting all the, you know, announcements going on the Instagram and whatnot. Like Raymond Pell versus Mikhail Ferguson, Ferguson rather, looks like a very intriguing fight at middleweight as well. We got a lot of good ones, man. We've definitely been picking from some of the best here locally. Um, there's some guys that actually have beef with one another from different gyms, so we want to showcase that. Um, I love the, how it's shaping up and, and basically sticking with some local talent other than our main event. Um, you know, obviously, LeVar is definitely uh, in another uh, area code, which is California. So, But it's been, like I said, we do have a great card. I look forward to that night. And it's bare knuckle, man. I mean, no clinching, no ropes, no cages. Let's go. Yeah, and it's cool to see you in the position that you're in. I was actually just watching a couple of the Valor videos on YouTube. And maybe, maybe not quite to the same caliber of intensity, per se, as when you were fighting. But there's a certain fire in your eyes, like, when you're talking about these fights. Like, how much does that really, like, benefit what you're doing? Like, it seems like your passion for, you know, this kind of combat sport is very tangible. Dude, I'm telling you, man, it's like I bring all that experience, all that emotion and excitement that I've had throughout my career to Valor. Um, it's something that I enjoy. I get to watch other people literally, you know, travel that journey that I did. And so it's exciting for me to see these guys follow their dreams. And some of them don't make it, some of them do. But, man, it's just that journey of being able to see these guys be able to attack it. And something you kind of touched on there that I thought was interesting, like you're talking about how there's certain like gym beefs involved in some of these fights. Like there are like, you know, narrative tendrils to these fights. And I feel like that's something you bring to the table as well. Like obviously a great storyteller in combat sports, be it MMA or professional wrestling. So, I mean, how much of a, like a focal point of valor is that? Like just having this certain focus on, you know, storytelling for lack of a better way to phrase it like obviously the matchups are paramount and everything but it seems like you know that confluence of having a narrative to it as well is kind of part of it also we live in a world where you know social media is prevalent i mean it is it is boss and that uh, people want things to see and watch but they've got to have a reason to do that and so we really believe that you know fighting not only is it just fighting and having great talent there's got to be stories to tell like there's got to be some entertainment value to it and so i believe truly that, that there has to be other things besides just two tough guys in the ring fighting with one another and it's just an interesting time for valor to be 
kind of getting back to it, like I could obviously understand the roadblocks that the pandemic would provide. And I mean, maybe some other, you know, roadblocks going on too. But I imagine there's a certain level of refinement and like really, you know, being in the lab trying to figure out what the presentation and I guess methodology for the second show will be. I guess in saying that, like, how much have you learned in like that, that interim period since the first Valor BK show? And I guess maybe how will that be reflected in this second show, possibly? Yeah, I think each time you learn something, you know, the first one we were basically just putting on it to see whether or not, you know, there's, you know, there's value in it. Like, do people really want to watch Bare Knuckle? Because we really didn't understand it in the first one uh, on how popular it was going to be. But we sold out in an hour. People loved it. We kept getting feedback from it. Obviously, we had some, some hurdles to get over with COVID and everything going on with that. But, you know, there's just a lot of things you learn. And so we also learned that people want to see this and then being able to control your your own, um, you know, fights, being able to have people go onto your app and watch those fights. And that's something that we'll be bringing in the future. So there's, like I said, there's a lot of things you learn along the way, but really nothing as far as in the fight game, you know, it's always been, who, why do you want to watch this fight? What is the angle? What's the story? I think that's always been there. No, you just haven't seen anybody really tap into that. And I think that's something that we want to do, especially with these local fighters where some of these guys are all training, you know, blocks from one another, and they're always trying to say who's the baddest. So we're going to put them together and find out. And I'm sure you really get a sense of all of that, some of these Valor BK tryouts that are going on. Like, I imagine that's something you really enjoy being a part of and just, you know, really fleshes out the promotion that much more. And you were kind of talking earlier about how some of these guys are, you know, kind of getting their journey really rolling in a lot of regards and how that excites you. I mean, I feel like that would be especially prevalent at the tryouts, just would feel like a very, like, grassroots kind of thing there and everything. It is, and I mean, if you look back on it and go back in the beginning, I, I created tryouts, you know, back in the day with Lion's Den. I was the one that started that, um, and I learned that from over in Japan on how they were bringing in young boys and, and testing to see whether or not they had the mental will to withstand training and then be able to stand in there and fight and have the guts and the and the desire to do it. And so uh, it, we're just bringing it back, and, and it's, it's a great way to really find out whether or not somebody has the ability one, to learn, and two, the mentality to stand in there and do what they need to do to win. Yeah, for sure. And something I was also kind of noticing in some of the promotional material more recently is like the verbiage of, you know, Valor being true bare knuckle, like no ropes, no cages, no gloves, the lack of tape on the hands. Like, I guess, is that like the main aspects of why this constitutes true bare knuckle? Like, I guess, why does Valor BK represent? true bare knuckle maybe more than some other leagues i guess yeah i think you go back to the original roots of fighting you know when you have two guys stand in front of one another back in the 1800s 1900s you know they just stood there and they went at it you didn't have to go into a locker room and tape your hands and put a boxing glove on and go through all that stuff you know it was just true you know grit god-given talent um, and so that's kind of what we're doing, it's just bringing it back to, to the real fighting, um, the true bare knuckle. Because, I, again, I always ask the question, I mean, how good would a lot of these fighters, you know, like a Mayweather, Sugar Ray Leonard, and I love those guys, man, they were awesome, but what if you were to take that glove off and take the tapes off and make them fight bare knuckle? How good would they be? And so that bears the question, right? Does it matter? I mean, like, 
I really want to find guys that have that God-given talent, that true toughness. You know, when you look at him, you say, that dude's a badass. I mean, that's what boxing should be. And I think boxing's dying because they got so many rules and, you know, they got this big old pillow on their hand. And where we're at with fighting right now with no holes barred or MMA mixed martial arts and now bare knuckle, boxing's being left behind because of what they're doing with those gloves. Obviously, even the clinching, where we took that out because I felt like that was the most boring thing in a stand-up fight is when someone lights another fighter up and the first thing that fighter does is grab them so they can recover. To me, I was like, man, that's cheating. You're, you're, you're not allowing guys to finish each other because one guy can hug them. So, yeah, so, yeah it's really about that, just bringing it back to the beginning and making it pure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely the purity of the sport coming across for sure. And just a very interesting time for Valor to, you know, be back in the landscape. Because it seems like kind of a different one relative to, like, the first Valor show. Just in as far as, like, BKB had just put on its 18th show. I think BKFC had put on its 7th. I think BYB Extreme was, like, a couple events in at that point. So, like, what are your thoughts on just the overall, I guess, bare-knuckle landscape here as Valor returns for their sophomore show? I love it. You know, I mean, I think uh, these guys have done a tremendous job at really being able to expose Valor, not Valor, but expose the bare knuckle. Valor has a chance to come up behind them uh, and, and look and see the things that have worked and haven't worked and take advantage of that. So sometimes, like I said, a lot of people want to be first, but sometimes that's not always best. So I think we have a great uh, opportunity to really come up and behind and really look at things that work and don't work. We made some rule changes because of some of the things that I saw and some of the other ones that truly aren't working. And then there's some things that are that we'll adopt. So, again, like I said, I'm very, very happy for those organizations and, and how successful they've been. And I think competition is good. Yeah, it just gives more opportunities for the fighters and stuff like that. And I love how each league kind of has, like, their own, like, differentiation component, at least in terms of, like, the space that is competed in. Like, I really enjoyed the Valor bout circle. It kind of reminds me of almost, like, a pit kind of design. But I feel like when MMA would use that pit design before, I guess more specifically, like, say, Yama pit fighting. Like, I felt like it maybe informed the fights in a way that perhaps wasn't positive, to say it nicely. But I feel like that was very much the opposite with, like, you know, bare knuckle, like, how do you think the, I guess, bout circle informs how these fights play out and everything? Well, uh, I think it, it forces the fighters to have to use a little bit more, not a little bit, a lot more footwork. Um, going backwards uh, is a really bad thing, but if you take two, momentum's going to take you out of bounds if the guy's coming after you. So it really forces them to have to use side movement, uh, lateral movement, um, be able to have to use a jab and, and punches more to keep them off them. Um, you know, especially when you can't back up a bounce off a cage or a rope. You know, you're really relying on your movement. Um, same thing with clinching. I mean, like you can't get in there and when you get caught with a shot, can't grab a guy to get saved. You got to use your foot. Even when you may be hurt, you got to use your footwork to get out of danger. So it really, I think that brings it back. In my opinion, it brings it back to really pure boxing, pure footwork, pure striking, and that you're not using any kind of equipment to help you. Yeah, just interesting. Like, whose idea was that initially for like the bout circle? Because it seems like a fun sort of idea for sure. Yeah, it was mine. I came up with the vision. Um, obviously, with the uh, no clinching, we added that in because I just, I just, I hate when 
when someone has an advantage and the other guy, all he has to do is just grab him and hug him, and then he gets to recover. And so, it's just you know, man, we we come to fight. The fans come to be entertained, and fighters come to fight. And some of these things that we have in there with the rule sets, like clinching and like the ropes and cages, it it doesn't induce fighting. It induces people to stall. So that's why I came up with those. Me being a fighter and having that experience in there, I understand understand what it does. So being able to take those out and increase the the action, uh, it helps the fan base. Yeah, I'm almost more similar to like a BKB kind of like at range sort of style for bare knuckle. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, definitely becomes like a different game, and that's almost part of it too. Just so many. I guess, different considerations across the board for sure. And yeah, I've been talking about some of the up and coming fighters, like all throughout and everything like that. And we mentioned some of the fights that are already announced. Are there any like, you know, young rising talents on this card where you're like really excited to have them get out there and I guess have a broader audience, maybe even take in their skills for the first time? Like, are there like a few people on this card that kind of fit that description for you? I've been hands on. Um, with the tryouts, we've built our card from the tryouts. I've been able to watch these guys firsthand spar with different different fighters. And there is a lot of talent out there. They're young, but that's been our purpose, is to be able to create our own stars within the bare-knuckle space. So that's why we're taking these tryouts. We're finding young talent, and we're matching them up. Again, pointing one of them out would be unfair because we have so much talent there. Um, that when, when when people watch this fight, you'll see what I'm talking about. There's a lot of good fighters there, and uh, we look forward to this fight because I think we're going to have a lot of stars born. Oh yeah, for sure, and very much not overlooking this card, obviously, because a very exciting return to the fold for Valor. But I guess I'm curious as far as like the broader idea for the Valor schedule. Like, what's the idea for perhaps like subsequent shows? Is there like a, speci- like a specifically outlined framework or timeline you'd like to adhere to with Valor events there? Well, we, again, this is, you know, out of my realm because it's basically I'm the, I'm the, I'm the face and, and, and the guy that goes out there and uh, finds fighters and, and puts them in different spaces. But when it comes to the business part of it or the, the fights and the shows, uh, that's not my lane. But I am aware, and I do know that we have four fights lined up. I'm not going to go into detail where they're at. I'll let somebody that is doing that uh, do that. But we are we are here, and and we'll be rolling out after this fight. We will have another one, and then another one. So we're coming. Yeah, just very you know exciting times for sure. And yeah, I mean, just I was, well, I remember seeing an article like even before the first you know Valor card, and you were saying like, oh, it'd be cool if Hori Masvidal came over here, and he's kind of doing his own like bare knuckle MMA thing now. So it seems like a cool time for bare knuckle combat sport. Like there's that like Buakau and Sanchai. Muay Thai fight, so it seems like there's a lot of like permutations of bare knuckle combat, which I would imagine you would find exciting considering your history. Absolutely, you know, it reminds me of the early days of Noel's Bart. You know, nobody really knew a whole lot about it, but there was this cult following, and but it hadn't gone mainstream yet. But you knew it was special, and you knew it was coming, and it wasn't going anywhere. And this is what I feel bare knuckle is: is it's the next big combat sport. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say it'd be interesting to 
you know, see uh, see Ken from back in the day throw down in the Valor pit. I'm kind of thinking about that a little bit. I was kind of watching some old tape kind of preparing for the interview, and I feel like you would really enjoy getting in the, you know, boat circle back in the day. Well, I, I did, um, but it wasn't in uh, cages or anything like that. We called it squatting, and uh, I would go behind uh, bars because I was a bouncer, and we bet money. Uh, some tough guy want to fight or whatever, and three, four, five hundred bucks put on top of a car, and you go out back, you fight, winner would take the money. So it, it wasn't like I hadn't been already doing that before I became an MMA star or an old barge star. <laughs> I was gonna say you probably got a bit of a record in that anyway, then too. Yeah, I, I did. I, I was called uh, One Punch Shamrock. That was my nickname. Yeah, it's inter. I mean, it's such an interesting thing. Like, did you think? maybe something kind of was taken from the sport in a certain sense when like the gloves became much more of a normalized thing because you feel like it would kind of become a bit of a different game in a certain regard well when they first introduced the gloves um you know they told us that it was a way to be able to make it safer and so you know i understood that because it was kicking guys in the head and you know, kneeing him in the back of the head, it just, it was, it was a little much, right? I mean, even me as a fighter, it's, you know, it's got to change. So you kind of got on board with it. But then after about six months of watching how the gloves actually performed, it, it was very clear to me that they weren't there to protect the head. They were there to protect the hand. And so there was nothing to protecting the fighter getting hit. It's a fighter that was winning. And so for me, you know, it took away the purity of submission took away the purity of striking because putting those gloves on you couldn't get rear naked chokes you couldn't get heel hooks uh you couldn't get some of the smaller technical uh, submissions because of the size of the glove you were wearing and then it allowed guys who really didn't have very good accuracy to swing from the floor to the head and land anywhere they wanted to and not be penalized by breaking their hand because they had this glove on there so it just felt like it changed the game uh and it almost going towards what boxing did where it just wasn't that toughness and that badass feeling anymore because you were wearing a glove. Um, and now we're back to where we here now where, you know, we get to change that. We get to bring it back to the roots and bring it back to where the tough guys go. Yeah. And it seems like a lesson that was perhaps learned from like the nascent days of MMA, at least in North America. Like it seemed like the marketing of it in like a, you know, almost like a blood sport kind of, capacity kind of hindered it in like a regulatory kind of way but it's like bringing back the purity of the bare knuckle now but seems like it's more like a sound and i guess like a regulatory kind of way to advocate for it like it seems like there's empirical evidence around it being like a safer sport in a lot of different regards so that seems to be like a lesson learned from like the early days of mma like make sure it's like i don't know i guess articulated in like a regulatory sound kind of way like hey this is like a safer sport than maybe what some onlookers will think yeah i think it's education you, you know same thing in Noel's bar in the early days where where people didn't accept mixed martial arts or Noel's bar because they thought it was just barbaric but until when they started learning how technical it was how hard it was to do and then that literally they were the baddest men on the planet um so it started to, to lean more towards going into, into the mainstream and so i think this is where we're at with with bare knuckle whereas when people see this they think of street fight like guys in the street banging on one another but when they start getting educated and they will and they're starting to um they'll see it's a lot more to it than just two guys going in there and just throwing down like they would on the street it's more you have to be more accurate with bare knuckle because if you don't you break your hand 
So I just think that it's just being able to educate, and that's something that is I'm responsible uh, to do through Valor. And uh, so far, we're doing a good job of that. Oh, yeah, doing an excellent job, I would say. Definitely an exciting promotion. But I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't try to ask a little bit of this because I am a wrestling fan for sure. Like, are you still, like, looking to do some matches? I was seeing on your cage match you've done some matches in recent years. I was watching, like, the run you had with Impact a few years ago, a couple of years ago there. Is that still something you're looking to get involved in more going forward? Because I thought you were really doing great. Like, I thought it was an exciting kind of return back to the wrestling fold there so are you planning to get back out there for that again or maybe not on the immediate radar at least no i i I love wrestling i'll do it as long as i can but right at this point there's just i mean we're in crunch time with valor so there's nothing that's coming in the near future because you know october 27th at the unf uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, we're getting ready to put on a Valor 2. So to me, that's all there is right now. But yeah, no doubt, man, it's something I love doing. And in the future, you know, if that if something does present itself, I'll definitely look at that because I'm an entertainer at heart and I love being in front of people. So, but at the time right now, only thing I'm focusing on is Valor. Well, it is cool to hear that in a certain sense man it was kind of like what I was talking about before like you just have this tangible you know passion talking about the league the rule set these fighters their journeys it's just it's really cool to see like I feel like it lends a certain something to the product like is that something that's always been in you like this desire to want to I guess like you know uplift people as you're kind of uplifting yourself it always seemed like that was kind of the case with how you like curated Lion's Den back in the day and maybe even kind of similar to what you're doing now in a promotional role with Valor. Yeah, I think that, you know, I was taught a long time ago um, with Bob Shamrock and what he did for me, um, lifting me up, showing me a way in life, how to vent my anger and frustration. You know, somebody turned around and helped me. And I felt like, you know, I got to a point in my career where there was time for me to step out uh, inside, even though I'd helped a lot of fighters be able to follow their dreams through training when I was uh, fighting myself. But now there's an opportunity to actually be a promoter um, and own an organization and being able to go out and, and get fighters to come in and, you know, kind of travel that same road I traveled and watch as they unfold in, into some greatness. And so for me, it's it's very comforting. And I don't just do it through Valor either. You know, I do motivational speaking. Um, I always do work with the at-risk kids. So it's something that I feel is a responsibility because someone did it for me. I'm going to do it for others. Yeah, that's a really great way to look at it. I love that you're paying it forward and everything. And I'm sure I could ask you a hundred questions, Ken. You've had an exemplary career in a lot of different regards. But I also want to be mindful of your time and schedule. I imagine you're a busy lad, to say the least. So I guess in saying that, is there maybe any final parting thought you'd want to add as we're kind of wrapping things up here, man? Yeah, you know, it's it's. Um, I keep telling people, you know, it's always... Uh... It's fun to go and watch fights and be a part of stuff, but man, right now, this is the beginning of something great, and I tell people, man, get get on board, man, because it's going to be a wild ride. Jump on board, Valor's coming. Yeah, it was a tremendously exciting first event, and just, you know, knowing what you bring to the table and <clears throat> the growth pattern, I imagine Valor BK2 is going to be, you know, even greater, and very excited to see what goes down at University of North Florida on October 27th with Valor BK2 and just really want to you know say thank you for the time Ken and looking forward to seeing the event for sure but until then you enjoy the rest of your day man 
Yeah, and also don't forget, go get your tickets at ValorBK.com, man. Go get your tickets. They're going to get sold out fast. Oh, yeah, you got to be there live and in person for sure. I wish I was a little closer to University of North Florida. But, yeah, people got to be snagging those tickets for sure. I feel like bare knuckle and, you know, taking in the bout circle live is quite the experience. Yes, and uh, this, again, like I said, put a lot of time. Uh, I personally gone out and watched some of these uh, tryouts and actually handpicked a lot of these guys. So, yeah, let's go see what happens, man. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. October 27th, I've been looking forward to this sophomore event, honestly, since the first event happened. So very excited to see all that. And you have a good rest of your day, Ken. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Thank you.